Hi, I'm Nick Gill, International Strength and Conditioning Coach. I've been working with the All Blacks for the past 15 years and have been part of two successful Rugby World Cups. I love to coach rugby players and I love to see them succeed on and off the field. And now, I can be part of your rugby journey. What's going on Rugby Ready listeners? This is your host Tyler Buck, also known as Bucky. In this episode of the Rugby Ready podcast, we're joined by our new mental skills coach, Kelly Young, and some of our coaching clients to learn how to improve mental performance both on and off the field. Kelly teaches us her six pillars of performance, breathing exercises to calm the mind, and why you should learn to keep calm in traffic. Welcome to the team, Kelly. If you'd like to become a Rugby Ready coaching client to access group calls just like this one, as well as elite online strength and conditioning coaching, go to our Instagram at Rugby Ready, click the link in our bio to apply, and we'll get back to you to set up a free 15-minute intro call. P.S. There are a few F-bombs in this episode, so if there are little ears around, bring some earmuffs. Enjoy the episode. Kelly, I'll let her do the intro. I'm super pumped to have her here. A little bit of background story. Kelly met Gilly at a fit stop event and she put herself out there which was really cool she talked to gilly and asked about um you know having opportunity to work more in high performance sport as a mindset coach and she followed up with me and we got in touch and we did a session together and honestly really loved her work and she's a perfect fit to help all of you guys so what we're going to be doing moving forward is we're going to have a monthly mindset call with coach kelly And then she's also going to be joining the Rugby Ready team for you guys as a resource. So if you ever want to book a one-on-one coaching session with her, you'll be able to do that right right on our Instagram page. So we're super excited to have her here, and I'll let Kelly take it over. It is. Well, thanks, Tyler, and and the Rugby Ready community for inviting me in to work with you guys. Um, One of my specialty is working with the mindset, building resilience, and just really debunking a bit of complication around all the noise that people have around how to perform better or how to get the best out of performance. So I make it really simple and layman's terms, but really effective to utilizing tools to help you guys progress forward. So um, just a little bit of background on me. I've been in the industry for over two decades now in either um, sporting performance, nutrition, uh, personal training, and mindset work. Uh, I work with everyday athletes as well as also athletes like yourself. And um, I'm a mother of three children. I've got 11-year-old, 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. So life is pretty busy. I also owned a, a gym throughout the pandemic. So I know what it's like to have immense pressure come on when you are needing to perform. I am a high performer myself. Everything I do, I do at my best ability because that's just how I operate. So I love surrounding myself with like-minded people that all want to raise the bar as well. Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about stress and how that can enhance our performance Also, how it can hinder our performance as well, right? Because a lot of the time when I talk to clients and I say to them, you know, where's your stress at? Everyone goes, oh, I'm not stressed. Like stress is a bad thing. However, stress is actually a really good thing, especially when we need to perform at a high level. But we just need to understand how to perform or how to control that stress so that we can be calm under pressure. Those kind of things there. So stress basically is just our body's response to pressure, Now, I like to put stress into three different categories so it makes it real visual. 
first one is physical stress. That's stuff that we put on ourselves through exerting exercise. It is if we have injuries that our body's having to deal with. If we are not really dialing into our sleep routine, that can create that physical stress. It's also nutrition, what we put in our body, any chemicals, those things there, that's creating an element of stress in the body. That's our physical stress. Then we can also have what's called emotional stress. That's things like any limiting beliefs that we have that might be creating self-doubt. Uh, it could be any sort of childhood trauma that may not have been resolved because if we don't resolve these foundations, what happens when we start to raise the bar in our performance, we are inviting more pressure to come into our world. So it's gonna create cracks in areas where you may not have spent a bit of focus or become aware of how to deal with it. So it's really important to know about the physical stress, about your emotional stress and check in with them. Then there's also environment stress. That's like your finances, you know, how are you feeling about those? Are they impacting how you perform? Or it could be um, relationships, you know, are we are we kind of performing on the field then coming off and having to deal with some sort of turbulent relationships? Or it could be our career. Are we sort of putting all our eggs in one basket with the rugby career and we're kind of not really looking after a career on the outside as well? Because you need to make sure that you're dialing in when we start to perform at a high level, that you're not just focusing on one area. You're going to have on the field play, then you're going to deal with life off the field as well. And you need to make sure you've got a good balance and you're managing those areas so everything is moving in one direction. Now, I know you boys have all set some good goals and you're all setting goals with Gilly and Tyler to move forward in, the, in, in your rugby career. But what I kind of tend to always say is just make sure that you've got a, a long, long-term goal. And that goal should really be that you're hitting 70, 80, 90 years old and you've got a smile on your face and you're lying on your deathbed and you're able to say, do you know what? I did it. I'm done. You know, and you've ticked the boxes. You've you've achieved all these achievements, which are your career and goal. It might be signing that next deal, getting into that next team. You're getting all these notches on the belt, but you also got these things off the field that are moving in that direction as well because they're going to help you set a really good foundation to be able to manage your stress on the field and off the field, all right? So the three types of stress, we've got the physical stress, you've got your emotional stress, and you've got your environmental stress. It's having an awareness of what, where are we imbalanced in those areas? Where do we need to give a little bit more focus? I'm going to talk about, in those areas now, what I class as the six RTB pillars. Now, I've got a, I've got a brand that's called Release the Beast Coaching, and that's my RTB pillars that I work with all my clients. These are six pillars that are real holistic view to help make sure that you've got that balance in all areas of your life, so you're moving towards your notches on the belts, those achievements as you're growing in your career. Now, the first pillar is movement. How are we moving our body? Have we got the right training plan? If we've got an injury, are we rehabbing? Have we got good range of motion? Is our flexible, are we working with flexibility as well to prevent injuries? So there's movement. Then there's nutrition. How are we fueling our body? Are we fueling it with the right fuel so we're recovering well? What is our relationship with food? 
Do you find you follow a plan and then you fall off and then the inconsistency is right because you haven't got the right relationship with food? Or are you a bit of a binge drinker? You know, you go out with your mates and you add alcohol, a bit of a night in, and then you're having to recover and it's taking you, it's, it's habits that are taking you away from your goals and not towards your goals. So nutrition is one as well. Then we have connection. Now, connection is connection with nature. Are you, are you switching off, dialing off? Are you getting back to your roots? You're standing, being where your feet are. You're kind of getting a bit of nature into your soul so it's a bit present. Or it could be religion. You're, you've got hope. You're surrounded by something that's much bigger than what your life is. Or it could be spirituality or even your papa, your lineage, your family. Have you got good connection to those roots so that we can often get so focused and dialed in on this big audacious goal that we lose sight of being able to step back and be some be a part of something bigger. So connection is a really important one as well. Then we have community. Community is like this group here. Surrounding yourself with people that get where you're going. They're people that support your dream because I tell you, being a high achiever and being a higher performer can be a really lonely space because most of the world live in a real mediocre lifestyle where life is tough. Oh, that's too hard to follow a food plan. Oh, they start something, they stop it. You know, just have one beer, mate. It's all good. You don't need to worry about training tomorrow. You'll be all good. You know, so you want to surround people that get where you're going, especially if you've got some big goals to achieve. Can't keep like sliding off track and then being stuck in your mindset going, man, now I'm battling with the Why did I do that? Get back on track again. So connection is big. I say birds of a feather flock together. All righty. Then we have what's called your money mindset. Money mindset and your career. Are you living in a state of abundance? Like, or are you living in scarcity? I don't know about you guys, but who follows the UFC? Who watches UFC here? I freaking love UFC. That's so inspiring watching those fighters because they are really putting their bodies on the line. Now, if you haven't watched Conor McGregor's documentary, I suggest watching it because he goes from being broke ass, living on the couch, fighting to get his debut in the UFC. He's got no money to his name, but he's living in a state of abundance. He was a plumber. Yes, Tyler is a freaking plumber of all people, but he was living in a state of abundance because he realized what his dream was, what his goal was. He kept believing in himself and pushing forward. It's really hard to do that if you're financially living in a state, state of scarcity. So how is your mindset around money? Also your career, although we're all on this rugby journey and we're wanting to get to these teams that we want to be and everything like that, you've got to have other things outside off the field that you can come and it fills your bucket as well. Don't put all your eggs in one bucket. Although I do say there's an element of where your focus goes, your energy flows, and that's important. But, but you want to be able to support your off the field play in other areas as well that all moves in that direction of life that direction of where we're going to hit those targets. So what is your, what are you investing yourself in in terms of your career? So, and then the last one, the sixth one out of them all is your mindset. 
How is your morning routine, your evening routine? What are you talking to yourself? Limiting beliefs. How is that dialogue in your head, your self-belief? Are you being present, learning to be in the moment, be where your feet are? So when you're on the field, you're dialing into the play. Or are you elsewhere worrying about shit, the, the trainings you missed that didn't get you ahead and this is where you are now and you're living in a state of, of stress. So today we're going to talk about, they're the six pillars. We've got movement, nutrition, connection, community, money, mindset, and mindset or money, money, yeah, money, mindset and career and mindset. They're the six pillars that I work with with my clients to just constantly turn the dials in them. What are our goals and where are we heading? Because it all feeds our big main performance goal. All right. Now, we don't always have everything all aligned. It's not life. We're always constantly just turning the dials in all of those areas just to keep moving. So don't ever think we've got it all, got all our shit together because we don't. All righty. And so now I'm going to talk a bit about stress. Now, stress, I say, is a good thing to have. It gets that adrenaline pumping. It gets that cortisol in so that when you're on the field, you can perform. You can dial in. You've got good focus. You're, it allows your body to perform better and it allows your mind to be performed better when in control. However, we need to learn how to switch it on and dial it in. And then we need to learn how to switch it off, especially when off field. Now I'm going to talk about the body. Now I know we all know about the parasympathetic nervous system and the synthetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is when our body's in that nice rest and digest mode. We've got all the bud that's flowing to our organs. It's allowing us to digest our food so that we're getting the right nutrients out through to our muscles and our major muscle groups so that we can recover and repair. It gets our, our um, hormone system flowing so that we've got good re reproductive organs. Everything needs to flow properly. So we need to make sure when we're off the field, we're switching ourselves into that nice par parasynthetic nervous system so that we can recover. It allows us to sleep well, all right? So it's a really important component to have. Then we have what's called our synthetic nervous system where we go into our fight and flight. Rest and digest, that's what you say. If you're in the state stress, you need to learn how to switch it off. Yeah, 100%. Then we have what's called our, our um, synthetic nervous system. Now, that's, that's what we need to do before we get on the field. Get some adrenaline flying, some cortisol in, pump us up a bit, get us dialed in. Our, our pupils dilate, it starts to fix in. And what we have practiced over and over and over again, your work gets done off the field. You can't bring more practice on the field. You, you, what, you're, what you're doing on the field is what you've practiced over and over again off the field. But we need that cortisol and that adrenaline to start pumping so we perform. However, the brain is super intelligent, but it's not intelligent enough to know when to switch that off. So if we're under pressure and we're going in and we're feeling nervous excitement, we go and blast out in the field, it's great and everything like that, then we're coming off the field. And then we go and have, say, a little bit of an argument with our partner or, or finances that are a little bit stressful and we start sort of going, shit, I'm, not, I'm, I'm stressing over here and I'm living in a state of, of scarcity. Or we get an email from the boss to say, hey, you missed, you dropped the ball here. 
but we're not doing the tools and practicing those tools to keep ourselves into that parasympathetic nervous system, you're going to be utilizing that cortisol and adrenaline just as much off the field as you are on the field. So today we're going to talk about three tips, which right now one of them is awareness. The more we are aware and understanding, okay, cool, I can feel my body going into a bit of a fight flight mode. That's where all the blood pumps out to our major muscle groups and gets us ready to prepare to fight, gets us ready to prepare to play and dominate. If we can sense ourselves and say we're even driving and you get a little bit of road rage, someone cuts you off and then all of a sudden your blood pressure spikes and you start going, what fucking asshole? Excuse my language, but, and then you start sort of getting right up their butt, up their ass, and you start doing this. Hey, hey. Kelly. Yeah. You can, you can say fuck. Oh, sweet. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Drop the F-bombs, eh? Okay. So you're getting you're right up their ass. You're friggin' doing this, you know? And then over time, all of a sudden, you start calming down a bit, and you realize, oh, fuck. Okay. Maybe I overreacted a little bit. And then you cruise up next to them, and you don't look at them. You just act like you didn't didn't do anything. <laughs> My partner doesn't. He fucking looks at them, <laughs> stares them out. <laughs> but you know, you've just gone and exerted a whole lot of cortisol and adrenaline for no reason whatsoever at all. And you're a high performer. You need to save that shit for the field. That's unnecessary. Is that getting me to where I need to with my goal? No. You need to be thinking and operating like a professional now. And that is learning how to deal with your shit off the field so that you save that energy for when you're on the field. Because when you're sitting in that car, that is time to breathe. That is time to get your body into a nice calm state, rest, digest, chuck on some tunes, cruise along, get from A to B without any problem. You're not out there to tackle anyone. You're just driving. Alrighty. So it's understanding what is triggering you in your life by looking at those six pillars and going, what areas am I exerting energy where I don't need to be? Because that's going to affect my resting mode when I'm not training. Does this all make sense? Yeah, you guys all following? Cool. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the brain. So we talked about the body. Let's talk about a little bit of bra about the brain when it goes under stress. There's a part in the brain called the amygdala. Now, what that is, is that is your fear center. When it has an excess amount of cortisol, because you're constantly getting a little bit hot-headed on the road, you've got shit happening with work, your, your relationships, you know, you're dialing in and they're going, you're not at home, hanging out, you know, you're always training, you're always this, you know, because you're maybe not communicating to them how important this dream is. So you've got all this outside noise going on and you're, you're, you're living in a high state of cortisol. So in the brain, what happens is when there's a high state of cortisol in the little amygdala, it starts to overreactive it becomes real active in your fear center. So it can create the limiting beliefs and that little bit of self-doubt when you get hit hard and you sort of think, shit, you know, that can get real overactive. So you can overanalyze things. Also, there's a part called the hippocampus that can actually deteriorate. And what that is, is that's your learning center. 
that looks after like memories and stress control. So now all of a sudden you've got an overreactive fear center, your hippocampus is deteriorating and that is your stress control. So you, now you're not able to manage stress as well. So you get in this little bit of a vicious cycle. What also happens with the hippocampus is it's unable to regulate how you socialize. So when you're on the field, you're working in a team. So all of a sudden, that level of ability to be able to socialize deteriorates. You lose judgment. So you start losing a little bit of, of the play, judgment, and decision-making. All of that deteriorates with a huge amount of cortisol. So if you are running a lot of cortisol for no reason at all off the field, and then you go and boost that to come onto the field, you're going to limit the percentage of your ability to be able to perform under pressure. All righty. So that's just a bit about the brain. Also, what happens is the prefrontal cortex that starts to shrink. So your brain actually starts to shrink. So overall, it's really not good for your health. All right. So what we want to do is we just want to create three tips or three things to focus on. How do we manage this? One is awareness, learning little key things about what happens in the body so that you can actually start feeling it when you start sort of, you know, getting a little bit more cortisol run through the body off the field and you can start to go, oh, hang on, am I sort of heading into the parasympathetic nervous system? Do I need to be here? Awareness is key because I've worked with people in all areas, whether it's um, professionals in, in sport or even business where they've had no awareness and all of a sudden they start raising the bar of risk in their life because they start performing and they're wanting to achieve higher higher goals, higher results, which raises risk. Risk raises pressure. And before you know it, their cortisol is just slowly climbing. Now, body's really intelligent. It starts to adapt and it starts to go, now I'm handling this, simmering a little bit. I'm all good. Raise that bar a little bit further. Shit, a little bit more pressure here. Shit, I'm now I'm still handling this because you you just adapt. It's really intelligent. Then all of a sudden, you get to a point where you just can't hold your shit together anymore. And that's why you see some of these athletes that are really in the spotlight do real dumb shit. And that's because they've lost decision making and they've lost their judgment. And they're under pressure. And then they make bad decisions. All right. So if we get awareness on it now, as we're cruising through our, our career, you're going to be able to uh, like rise your awareness to the level of your ability and your mindset. So you're constantly working on your mindset while you're working on your physical aspect, your nutrition, all the other pillars, and you're raising the bar as you're working with it. You're able to handle that pressure. All right. Does this make sense? Yep. Okay, so awareness is key. Next thing we want to do is look at those pillars, have a little look, where am I in life that may be adding a bit of pressure on me that I'm maybe not addressing, and then you want to reframe it. You need to start going, okay, how can I reframe it? And by reframing, it means that you need to start looking in those areas and going, this is distracting me, and this is getting me into a stress-based response, for, and it's not getting me towards my goal. What, do, what goals do I need to set around this and what plan do I need to set to help me get ahead in those areas? So you're reframing it. 
You're taking control of what you can control. You're parking over what you can't control and you're setting some goals and you're setting some actionable tasks for you to be able to achieve for it to align with your key goal. Does that make sense? Good. So now we've got awareness. First, become aware of the signs in our body and the areas. Now we've got reframe. Now that we've got a sign, we know that these, these niggles over here are really not getting us towards. We've reframed it. We've set some goals and we've set some actionable tasks to help it work in our favor to get us ahead to where we want to go. And then the most key and probably the most talked about it all is breath work. It is the quickest way and the most effective way to get you from a stress state response to a calm state response in a matter of minutes. Who all does breath work here? Yeah. Who, do, who does it regularly? Yep. Yep. So, so breath work should be a daily part of your guys' routine. Is there, um, Antonio, is there like a, a certain style of breath work that you follow? Um, well, I've been doing like some box breathing and then, oh, yeah. um, I found some stuff like I like following Andrew Huberman. So yep. I did some sleep deep rest breathing throughout the day. So I'll like take a break, find a period where I just need to chill and, uh, I'll do some of that for like 15 minutes. Perfect. And how effective is it? Eh? Well, I feel so good. Cause like you can be like super stressed or exhausted after like, you know, I don't know what it is work, uni, a training session and I'll do it and then yeah. I'm ready to go again. So. Exactly. It can take so much control. And what it's doing, it's just basically aligning everything that I talked about with the body, getting you out of that blood flow out to the main or, um, main um, muscle groups, back into your, your rest, digest, central nervous system. It's getting that brain to stop like overanalyzing things, to calm back down. It has such a huge impact on your life. Now, um, how long have we got today? Tyler? We're good for an hour. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to talk to you guys about today is, is three types of breath work that you can do. All right. Uh, firstly and foremostly is, and, and that's just if we get, it might, might be two types if we run out of time, but first and foremost, correct way of breathing is really important. What happens is when we turn five, and I'm pretty sure it's the same across the world, what do we do? We, we end up going to school. What do we do at school the most? You what sit do do on your butt. Other, other than freaking socialize, <laughs> eat lunch. We sit, we sit, sit on our butts. So we're getting taught to just sit, but no one sits there and goes, okay, guys, at five years old, we're gonna teach you how to sit but how to sit with a good posture and we're going to explain to you the diaphragm muscle and how sitting can constrict our diaphragm from breathing properly. So no one explains that. You just sit and you sit from the ages of five right through to 15, 16, 17 years old. So what's happening is you're now compressing what's called your diaphragm. That's your major breathing muscle. What also the diaphragm does is it supports your core. So it's a real strong muscle to have to help support all the internal muscles in your core structure, which is, is your central, central point of your body for strength. All right. So we're sitting now from the ages of five. And I did a little bit of an experiment with my kids 
because I've got a 10-year-old and I've got a seven-year-old and I got my seven, um, my 10-year-old to breathe. I was getting them to do what's called rib cage breathing. Now, for many years, it used to be called belly breathing, deep belly breathing. However, a belly goes out and it was called belly breathing because when you watch a baby for the first time, their bellies go like woof, expand and back down, expand and back down because they haven't been sitting. They come out pure form on how the physiological state should be so their body is moving in the correct way however when we get older it's not belly breathing because we don't want our tummies to push out we want our ribs to expand because our lungs sit in our ribs and that is the focus that we want to work on not belly breathing it's called rib cage breathing right because we want everything to expand out to the side so I got my kid my 10 year old and I said I want you to do some rib cage breathing get your rib to expand and even from the ages five to ten he really struggled to get that rib cage to go out it took him quite a bit to get the muscle memory to fire for that rib to expand this is also what you need to breathe when lifting and tackling 100 percent you need to be able to lock in that core, which is going to strengthen through you breathing properly every day. So then I got my seven-year-old to do the ribcage breathing. Took She just kind of thought about it a little bit, then boom, straight away. She hadn't had as many years on her bout at school sitting. So she was able to activate that muscle a whole lot faster. So what you need to first do, and you can do it now, is you're going to place your thumbs right in behind your rib cage, your fingers right at the front. So you're going to be like this position here, sitting down, and I want you to feel your, your fingers expand as you take a nice deep breath in through the nose. All good, Josh. And then exhale all the way up and you'll notice your ribs come back in inhale through the nose expand and exhale all the way up now the best way to do a couple more just while we're sitting here the best way to see that we're not chest breathing and shoulder breathing is to look in a mirror and watch your chest and your shoulders should not move at all it should be all in the ribs. Now also, nasal breathing over mouth breathing. Nasal breathing is a smaller passage and it's directly right down to your diaphragm. So it's like an air bike. You know, when, with an air bike or a rower, it sucks in the air and what that does is it brings in pressure. Same with the nose, breathe through the nose sucks in the air so it allows the diaphragm to bring that pressure it's like a vacuum alrighty so nasal breathing over mouth breathing mouth breathing right now try mouth breathing straight away see my chest and my my shoulders rise because it goes straight into your chest so it's going to promote that chest breathing now when we go into a stressed state most people if they have not trained their breathing correctly will go straight into shallow chest breathing now what that happens is it bypasses your diaphragm so your diaphragm doesn't rise now when your diaphragm rises it touches a, a nerve called the vagus nerve i always remember it by las vegas 
chill vagus nerve so it touches that vagus nerve and that sends a message to your brain that you're in a calm state all right that you are safe and that you do not need to fight flight freeze so that's why it's really important to get that diaphragm activating to get you into that nice rested calm state breathe through the nose it acts like a vacuum straight down the windpipe straight to your diaphragm all right, so the first breath work that I'm going to give you is a really good calming one. It's a bit like the box breathing. That's where you're going to be breathing in through the nose for a count of four. You're going to hold your breath for a count of seven. And then you're going to exhale for a count of eight. It's a bit similar to box breathing, but this one's kind of like a triangle. So you're going to breathe in for a count of four, in through the nose. You're going to hold it for a count of seven. And then you're going to exhale for a count of eight. I'm going to count you guys in while we do about four to five of these. This is a really good breath work to do just before you go to bed. Or if you're in a state of, you know, you've just received an email from work and it's kind of like gotten you rattled a bit and you can feel your, your, your heart rate start to pulse. Or you're driving behind that idiot and he's freaking cut you off. Good way to do this breathing here. All right, so just take a nice deep breath in. Thinking about in through the nose, rib cage. Let's just do a few rib cage breaths to begin with. And then out. Take it in. And then out all the way. And then I'm going to count you in. Here we go. Inhale for four, three, two, one. And hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Inhale. Two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven and out two three four five six seven eight keep breathing here deep belly breaths or deep rib cage breathing just becoming aware of what it's done in your body the energy change that's happened just relaxing through the shoulders, relaxing through the jaw, and when you're ready, just open up your eyes. How does that feel? Some of you give me, yeah, good eh? Just calm, centered. 
you know, it gets you back into that that calm, rested, digested state. It allows you to get on with business now, but you're not going to do that just before you go into the rugby field because you might get yourself a little bit too calm. You need to get, get yourself into a bit of more of a hyped, focused, but more calm. But however, if you do this work off the field, you will find when you do get that element of rise and that nervous center, a little bit of like jitters, no, a little bit of, oh, okay, we've got a bit of energy. Then you're able to focus and dial in a lot better to perform on the field. So that's your breath work number one. That's a really good one to get you into a nice, calm, centered state off the field. That's about perhaps being too calm. Going. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely... Definitely not what you want to do before you go on the field because you, you need, like I said, you need that element of cortisol and adrenaline to dial you in and focus. This is for when you are heightened in adrenaline and cortisol off the field and you, you don't want to be there. You want to be controlled in those areas. And I always say to people, off the field, feel free to, to take a moment before you respond to any situation. Sometimes I think because we live in this life where we've got our emails on tap on our phone, we've got messages from all sorts of platforms now, people kind of expect that we that responses need to happen. It's okay, even in a, in, in a heated discussion with someone, feel free to say, just give me a couple of seconds, back off before you respond, breathe a bit, and then respond because you will be able to be in a much calmer state than just be in that straight fight flight mode. They talk about the, have you guys heard it? I won't go too much into this because we'll touch this on the next one, but you guys heard much about red brain, blue brain. Yep. So, so that fight flight response happens in 35 milliseconds. We are born with that because we need to survive. However, 250 to 500 milliseconds and it is only milliseconds but still enough if not trained to switch in at that fast pace 200 to 500 milliseconds later your blue brain switches on now your blue brain is your analytical thinking it is your language it is your goal setting drive it is your decision making so because this part of the brain develops so much quicker and sooner, we're born with it because we are, are mammals. We need to survive. It is born for our primal instinct to survive. Because we've paid so much attention in this society where we're now living at such a fast pace with high pressure, fight, flight, that has got such, and it's a muscle. You've just taken that, that muscle to the gym thousands of times. It is strong. It is firing. It is active. That is our creative brain. That's our red brain. However, we don't learn these tools like breath work, goal setting and, and directing all of those sort of um, areas of physical stress, emotional stress, environmental stress. We don't lose that. Our, our blue brain can sometimes be a little bit slower in developing. That doesn't develop until about seven years old and on, onwards. So we want to, that, that's just giving you guys a little bit of a, a response for when you're in everyday life and something gets thrown at you, you don't need to respond straight away. Be aware of how your response is, take a breath, and then respond. 
Let your decision-making brain switch on first. All righty? Um, okay, number two for our breath work. Now, this is one that helps you, you deal with a little bit more. I'm just looking at time. Um, actually, we might come back to number two. I'm going to go straight on to number three because this can be one that you guys can use while you train. Okay, so next time we jump on, we'll do number two. But this time when you train, hey, do you guys all focus on breath work while you train? Yep, yep. Okay, I'm going to talk. Have you guys ever heard of the gear, gear breathing? Going through gears? Okay, cool. So we're going to talk about gear breathing today. This is a great way for you guys to have really good control and to be able to enhance your cortisol and your adrenaline while you train. That means while you train and while you perform on the field. Alrighty, gear breathing. So gear breathing is where we move through gears like gears in a car. So it means that we can't, we, we, and we're going to just work with three gears to begin with. We've got gear one, gear two, gear three. Now you can't go gear one, gear three, gear one, gear two. You've got to go gear one, gear two, gear three, then gear three, gear two, gear one. This is something that you guys can go away and I want you to go away and put this into your, your training and I want you guys to bring back some feedback for me on how you felt yourself perform while you're doing this. Now, it's going to take practice, like just like anything. You can't expect to go, oh, training number one. Oh, my gosh, I train like a freaking professional athlete, you know. I just want it's going to take practice. So gear number one, this is na nasal breathing. In through the nose, out through the nose. This is when you're warming up. This is in between sets. It's getting your heart rate down. It's getting you calm and it's getting you centered. You're going to find as your heart rate starts to climb, it's going to get a lot harder to do gear number one, which is in through the nose, rib cage breathing, not chest, get that real rib cage out, in through the nose, out through the nose. Once you start getting a little bit pressure on that breathing, you're going to go to gear number two, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose out through the mouth. That's gear number two. That's your moderate exercise. You're starting to go into that, yeah, like mid, you're in about your anywhere from 50 to 65% max heart rate. Then all of a sudden it's going to get uncomfortable and you're going to go to gear two, which is out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the mouth. That's panting, panting like a dog. Now, you might find you already do that. You might find you sort of start nasal breathing and then go straight to panting like a dog, which is a sign of cardiovascular fitness level. But it's also a sign of not being able to breathe to keep yourself calm in a state of where you are doing controlled stress response, which is exercise. So you're going to pant like a dog. However, when you're in training and you're panting like a dog, you don't stay there for very long. I want you to pant like a dog aware of it but then I want you to bring yourself back into gear number two so it means you might just slow down a bit gain control again whatever you're thinking about you need to bring that back into your brain you need to bring back bring that back into your center go back into gear number two in through the nose out through the mouth get yourself ready calm go back down to gear number gear number one in through the nose out through the nose dial back in Focus, decision-making. You've got cortisol pumping. You've got adrenaline pumping because you're training. Dial back into what you're doing. Go again. Gear number one. Gear number two. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Your heart rate's starting to creep up. Now you're going into that real high 
high um, max heart rate mode, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the mouth, then back down. Now you might find you go in through the mouth, out through the mouth, back down to gear number two, get that, get that control there, back up to gear number three, back to gear number two, but we just don't skip from gear number three to gear number one. Does this make sense? Cool. Because what that's doing here is it's allowing you to have control of your breath when you are under a controlled stressed state, which is which is exercise. If you are under a controlled stressed state and you are panting like a dog, your stress response is going to be even higher because you're hyperventilating. All you're doing is sucking in air into the chest and back out. Air into the chest, you're not hitting that diaphragm. That diaphragm's not sending a message to the vagus, vagus nerve, telling your brain that you're in a calm state, it's still controlled, and you've lost slightly a little bit of control. It means that your recovery period is going to be delayed and slower because you haven't got the right amount of oxygen flowing through the brain, telling your body that you're in control. Does this make sense? Perfect. We've got a little bit of time. So what we'll do is just jump into Q&A. I want you guys to go away and start implementing these gear breathing into your practice. I want you to also put into your program that you're going to do at least two sets of five minutes of your four, seven, and eight a day. I suggest you do it. That one set is before you go to bed as it's going to help immensely with your sleep and then think of any other part in your day it might be at that three four o'clock slump do, do you guys get that sort of time in the day where you sort of drop a little bit of energy your, your your body's starting to sort of crave a bit of sugar you know bring that breath breath work in probably about there or you might find you're not a morning person if you find you're not a morning person you hit your morning straight away with that breath work Get that blood flow pumping. Cool? Cool. Let's jump into any questions. Hit me up or just give me some feedback. Tell me, is this useful? Is this what you guys are looking for? Yeah, definitely useful. Definitely useful. And it's going to be useful on field too, like while you were talking. And I was trying to put it into um, play, like where on the field different breathing yeah. different gears would become handy and helpful and stuff like that so um yeah no definitely helpful definitely helpful oh yeah i'm looking forward to hearing some feedback how that works for you because straight away yeah that's instantly what you do you start to sort of go okay it's when play stops you're getting ready you know start chopping down your breathing get yourself especially in when play stops get that breathing right down to that nasal breathing soon as possible save that energy and then you all of a sudden you why, back into play is that why when you see like a lot of the professional teams now they all get in a circle and do those deep i don't know whether yeah. anyone else has seen them but they all like get into the circle and then they do those big like counter threes or counter fives and they do those big deep nasal breaths 100 percent. they're going back down to gear one sort of thing yep 100 percent because you 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 like saving your energy watch um usc fighters they do a lot of that their work because man you're you're going in to get like fucked up yeah, you need yeah. to and like if you're losing and you're getting hit hard of course adrenaline's pumping so you don't feel it as much but you, you've got to stop that limiting belief coming you've got to stop that self-doubt coming in because you've got to go again 
So straight away, you take it into control because it controls every aspect of your body. It controls your physical state and it controls your mental state through breath work. So yeah, 100%. That's what they're doing. Anyone else? Kelly, how can you use breathing to get more into like a dialed up state where you're, say for instance, like if you're in between sets preparing for a heavy lift, or if you're like in between plays where you need to refocus, but you're you're kind of noticing your like your mental acuity is slipping. Yeah. So I would say there's another breath work that you can do that creates an agitated state, but it's in a controlled state. I'll talk to you really quickly about this one. This one is called five breaths in five minutes. You try and breathe one breath every minute. Now, this is what a lot of deep water divers do. Now, they're incredible because you got to think about the, the mental state and the physical state they have to be in to go as deep as they can to keep calm under pressure. It's pretty phenomenal. So it is five breaths in five minutes. How you do this is set yourself up, get yourself in a nice calm state, do some nice deep rib cage breathing first because you need to be in that nice relaxed state, seated, lying down, however you want. Have a stopwatch with you. You're going to start the timer and you're going to nasal breathe in and roughly for about 15 to 20 seconds, prolonging your breath in, you're then going to hold your body. Now you need to hold that breath in a calm state. Don't be like... <clears throat> and holding it, hold that breath in a calm state. Do what's called a body scan. Go through and just check. How's my shoulders? Relax my shoulders. Relax tension in my jaw. Just calm. You're keeping yourself in a calm state where you hold your breath. Then once you get to a point where it's not exerting the hold, but enough for you to still be able to control exhaling that breath out through the mouth for as long as you can. You want to try and hit that full pro process in one minute. Now, trust me, it's really hard to do. Risha, how's that saying? Yes. Oh, it's really hard to do. But you will find it's hard to do if you are living in quite a stressed state. So if you're finding your areas of life is just kind of compounding a bit it's really hard to do surprise you can count to see it's really hard to do ratchet geez all right shots are fired it's really hard to keep that that calm stress state if you are living in a state of stress in areas of your life all right so it's going to take practice and then if say for example you only get 30 seconds or 40 seconds you're having to let it out let it out do a deep Rib cage breathing in between that last little bit that you've got for the minute and then start again on the minute. All right. Now, obviously, in between sets or in between shuttles and stuff like that, you're not going to sit and bring out your timer and do that. But that's a really good state to bring agitation because what it does is it creates controlled, once again, controlled stress. What we're doing is we're training the brain and the body to be in a controlled state of stress by putting it into pressure, putting it into uncomfortableness. But we're able to control it because then we're bringing it straight back into that calm state through the breath work. Now, what I'd suggest is when you do that, it might be an element of when you're in between sets, take a nice deep breath in, hold it to an agitated state, then exhale real quickly up. And that's going to bring quite a bit of a rush 
of, of oxygen through to the body, body and preparation. Now, the key is to set yourself up to be in a real dialed in prime state for when you're going to play takes practice and it just takes a little bit of figuring out because everybody's different. But but stick with something for a while. Don't do something and it doesn't work and you go, ah, oh, that doesn't work because that means you're just not allowing yourself to fail at something and adjust and learn. So you might go, okay, that felt a little bit off. Like I just need to tweak this. You're gonna know. You're gonna know if something's completely off, and it's not gonna work for you. You you already know your bodies, but make sure that whenever you're going to play, you are following a same similar routine. Your body knows. Okay, this is playtime. This is what I do in the morning. This is what I eat. I rest. Now I focus. Start dialing in. I do my breath work from this to this. So I'm so I'm calm. I'm keeping keeping calm in this state here. I'm now going to do five minutes of agitated breathing here. I'm now dialing in a bit. I put my gear, this routine, follow a routine. I carry my bag this way. Shit, you read like anything from top, top athletes, from tennis players to golfers to um uh, basketball players. They have a dialed in routine, how they have everything the same. You may not be where you want to be playing now in terms of a professional league, but you need to start acting like it now. Start living like a professional athlete now. Dial in because everything you do now is instilling into your mindset that you are here to win. Does that help? Yeah. TB, do you have any questions? That was amazing, Kelly. Fire. Well, maybe it's a bit more of a discussion thing by the end. We talked about the whole thing. You're in traffic. You're getting annoyed by something. And just so I get it clear, you want to have a way of absorbing that frustration, or would you rather let it out? I'm asking because, for instance, in Denmark, your entire day can be ruined by someone doing something, but you stay nice because we're nice Scandinavians. Then I lived in France and then I learned like going, no, you are a fucking asshole. I'm going to tell you now and now I'm done. And then you're happy afterwards because I'm not worried about it anymore. So it yeah, it really comes down to how you operate, but knowing are you exerting in that period of where you are letting out your frustration? Is it utilizing energy that you need to restore as a professional athlete? You know what I mean? That makes sense. People, there's people that do it and they feel better afterwards, but are they professional athletes? Are they well, needing that? Eh? That, that actually kind of leads on to my next question. So I play scrum half at amateur levels. Forwards will often like you to have pretty vocal, some might even say borderline abusive language in in terms of how they want to be told because they just had the heads up free tackles and a scrum. So I get that you got to get through. Resilience is basically about not absorbing what's around you and keep on going, right? So you got to sometimes be tough to get through. But how do you do that without becoming emotional? Because I get, I get got to get a point through because I don't want to clean up them missing tackles all the time or something like that. So... It might be a little bit late today, but it might be something we can talk about next time. Even Yeah, 100%. I'll talk next time we jump on. I'll talk about grit, having grit, which is that mongrel 
push through emotion grit then there's resilience they're two very different things so yeah well let's let's leave some shit to talk about next time um and what i will suggest guys is is throw some things some topics that you guys want to chat about in the months that we work together throw some topics to tyler and we can just address those as we come but hopefully today was really um, useful for you guys. You've got some tools to go away and take away. As Tyler said, if you want to work with me a little bit deeper, if you've got some things in those six areas that you feel like, hey, at the moment, I might need some help unpacking some stuff, then um, yeah, you guys can just reach out to me and we can catch up for a session. But other than that, go away and start breathing. Start first, become aware of what triggers. What are those signs that set you off? Is it relevant? Is it going to get you towards your goal? If not, set some goals, set some boundaries, and then start breathing. Cool. Anyone else have any further questions before we take off? No? Cool. You guys can always hit me up on social media and stuff like that. So it's all good. Flick me a message, any questions, those kind of things. It's all good. And it's nice to meet you guys. And um, I look forward to hearing about the gear breathing, hearing about the breathing. Um, I jump back on in a month's time, eh? Yep. Yep. So in a month's time, I want you guys to bring back. I, I'm big on accountability. Don't just go away and park this shit in your knowledge bank and not put into practice. Now you guys got to go and do the work. And sometimes the mindset stuff is the hardest work because it's not physical, you know? And you kind of think, oh, it's not physical, but it's so powerful as you guys get up the ranks. Cool. Unreal. Thank you, Kelly. See you all. See you later, guys. Have a good day, night, evening, everything in between. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rugby Ready podcast and that you got some value from it. To stay in touch with us and check out all things Rugby Ready, follow us on Instagram at Rugby Ready. We'll see you next time.